Three square meals and a homebrew or two. Airbnb is the place for you. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to Air D&D, where you can kick back, relax, and learn about all things D&D with your host, Jordan. And Jenny. You can also visit both of us on Sunday nights on Twitch, streaming our campaign at twitch.tv slash chaosconductors. Before we welcome you to your room, we want to thank our sponsors. Dungeon Depths. You can find D&D-themed t-shirts, stickers, and more at etsy.com slash shop slash dungeon depths. And Ambient Realms, where you can find ambient RPG tracks and sound effects to use for all of your tabletop needs. Just type in ambientrealms.com and you're there. Ah, right this way. You'll be staying in room number D&D and Me, Olivia edition. Hey guys, this is your host Jordan, and we have a special guest here tonight. Who are you? Who am I, who am I speaking with? I am Olivia Ganey. Hey, Olivia. Hey. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Any day I get to play D&D is a good day. Right? Yeah, we are, we are just reeling right after a session. We are. I mean, I, I, I love my, my, you know, Sunday night sesh. I love it. Don't we all? <laughs> Even when I rolled nat, double nat ones. That was bad. Uh, was it was good advantage? for us. Yeah, that sucks. Anyways, I have some questions for you. All right, we can get right into those. Okay, well, uh, this is the, the D&D and me kind of segment that we're doing, and I'm very interested in, like, how did you get started with D&D? Uh, I got started with D&D when I was about 15. I was a sophomore in high school and had just... Uh, um, moved towns, and my new friend group had pulled together kind of their resources and bought the core rule books for fourth edition, which was what was um, current at the time. Hmm. So you can probably figure out my age based on the mm-hmm. grade level and 4E being current. Um, I'm a baby. But uh, we played for, gosh, probably three years the same campaign um, and worked our way up to 30th level. Ooh. And it was incredible. Um, we also played, you know, some other things. We played some Call of Cthulhu. We played um, AD and D at one point, which was really neat. Um, and was that Thacko and everything? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it's very different, especially is that, from is that, is, is that the one with with, Thac- yes. with Thacko? Yes, it is. I've heard uh, I've heard um, I've heard horror stories about that. But you know, continuing. It's, us. Yeah, it was it was rough, and we played it. We played it on Meat Grinder, which meant that we uh, rolling up characters. Uh huh. Every sesh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it do was. You, do you like that kind that kind of game? I don't because I like character development. I think more Same. than uh, more than anything else. If you give me the choice to min max or make choices based on character development, um, I will always choose what matches the backstory or what matches the character's personality. Um, I will say that after I had played with them for a while, I went about um, sort of just introducing everyone that I met to D&D if they were interested enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that group was the first group that I DM'd for. Mm-hmm. Um, baby DM. Um, yeah, little baby DM Olivia. Um, yeah, that was a shit show. But um, it... Uh, it 
it really got me into the game and into tabletop role-playing games in general. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How was that first experience DMing? Terrifying. Or like learning it for the first time? Absolutely terrifying. Um, I had never been behind the screen before, mm-hmm. and I had limited knowledge of the Dungeon Master's Guide. So it was jumping in and it was in a homebrew setting because I had known what I wanted to DM story-wise, but I had no clue how to uh, construct a decent plot hook. Hmm. So it wound up being, I guess, kind of my first introduction to more sandboxy games, which are the games that I tend to run. because my players just started messing around in the world that I'd given them, and as DMs do, I followed them around and told them what was happening. Uh, so how, how long did it take you to, to, to feel, like, like comfortable with it? Comfortable DMing or comfortable in that campaign? Because I was never really comfortable in that campaign. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that campaign was about five sessions of just absolute hell on my part every time. I would say com- comfortable DMing then. Comfortable DMing... Um, probably my third or fourth campaign that I DM'd, I felt like I didn't have to plan so much. Um, How long is that in terms of Olivia playtime? Uh, like years, Probably months? a year. Okay. It, it would have taken about a year. We were... The first campaign that I felt really comfortable with was a... Actually, a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was based on uh, the metal group Aphantasia's uh, metal opera albums. I know, it's, it sounds crazy, but it's it's an opera. Mm-hmm. So it has a storyline. Um, and I ran a campaign based on it, and I guess I just had a good enough idea of what I wanted worldwide, or worldwide, that I was able to settle into it more comfortably and uh, not feel like I had to look up the rules every five seconds to be taken seriously by my players. Yeah... Yeah. Yeah. So. That is a good thing. It, were, were you at least playing with new players as well? Uh, at that point, no. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was playing with um, sort of an offshoot of the original group that I had started playing with. I see. Yeah. Hopefully, you didn't have any encounters with problem players? Mm, not in that group. Oh. Because I had formed the specific offshoot uh, because of that. Um, I made the mistake in high school at age 16 of dating my DM. I see. Yeah. Yeah, you should never date your DM, ever. (laughs) Horrible. It never works out. Bullshit, you're dating one of your players (laughs) right now. (laughs) Um, It did not work out for us. It was about two months, and I broke it off, and he was not happy. I I imagine he wouldn't be. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but uh, I took some of the folks I was more comfortable with from that group, and that was who I was DMing for at the time. I see. So that speaking, probably speaking contributed to the comfort. Problem players. Yeah. What do you, in your DMing experience, what do you find to be... Problematic? Problematic. Um, when, do, when does a, a person cross that threshold in, into problem? So I think that there are a lot of different types of players. I think that all of them are valuable in the right circumstances. There are people who don't want to roleplay. They just want to get together and do combat, and that's perfectly okay. Um, There are also people who don't care for combat and want the roleplaying aspect of it way more. 
And then there are players who honestly just want to get together and watch an adventure. Um, and they'll take their turn in combat, but they will not be particularly excited about it, and they just kind of follow along during roleplay segments. Um, and I think all of those players are perfectly fine. I love to have them at my table. But when you have a player who is interrupting other players' uh, choices or development because of their own playstyle, when you have someone who is so heavily into roleplay that they won't let combat happen. Um, that when, you know, they're jumped out of the blue by goblins who just want to kill them and take their money, will try and talk the goblins down while they're getting beat to shit because they refuse to fight and their cleric is having to focus on them. Those kinds of players that make things hard, not for me as a DM, but for the other players at the table, after those other players at the table have said things like, hey man, maybe not right now, or like, that's not really how the group's running, that's when I would dub a player problematic. Interesting. Same thing for players who want to be murder hobos in groups that aren't murder hobo groups. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being a murder hobo. But if someone's trying to talk to that NPC... And you're just like, I attack them. Yeah. Screw it. I kill them. Take their money. I think, I guess, the the line is drawn where the rest of the group isn't having fun anymore. Because I can't let that happen as a DM. Agreed. It's my job to make it fun. But what do you like running? I like a mix. Um, I like... A deep, deep role play, which sometimes means um, sessions without combat. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes means players crying at the table um, <laughs> over NPC deaths or other things that they've we gotten attached t- we to. We take that. I know. I just keep those tears in vials. Tears means that you're, you're doing <laughs> something well. Every once in a while when I need like a, a boost, I just do shots of, of player tears. Um, Same. But... Uh, I, I do also like epic combat, um, and that has to be got into kind of with role play on the side, I think. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the combat doesn't feel as high stakes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like, I like a mixed bag. Okay. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't realize, DMs especially... Is that yes? It's good to have like different kind of player types and, and understanding what is good for all of them and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But you, as the DM, will also have a certain style of things that you like to run that Very like, much so. you you enjoy. And you oh, might yeah. you might have a lot of different styles, but playing something completely out of that, right? Eventually, that's going to lead to like DM burnout. It's oh yeah. Lead to you, oh, you know, no. losing passion and all this stuff. Which, I've never really experienced DM burnout. No. No. Um, I think I am good enough at, uh, I guess, knowing when I'm getting overwhelmed and asking other players in the group if they want to DM. I see. Thankfully, Cameron, my darling husband, also DMs um, when it's necessary. He prefers to play. But um, if I'm ever like, I need a one shot, I need to play, which has been a really fantastic thing with Chaos Conductors because I've been able to sit down. I always feel like when I'm DMing, I like DMing more than playing. 
And then I sit down to play and I'm like, fuck, I like playing way better than DMing. <laughs> um, so being that you just got done with the session as, yeah. a, as a player yeah. and I we're, love we're doing this, 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 this whole interview, yeah. do you think you have a preference? Or do you think it's like... I think it's just like d and In the moment. <laughs> <laughs> just like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the experience is different playing uh, from DMing, obviously. Um, and I think the DMing feeds um, maybe a god complex. But I think playing is much more... Uh, there's a lot more escapism in playing. There is. Than in DMing. So much. I suppose I wouldn't know that much. <laughs> I... I uh... DM a lot more than you play. I DM so much more than, yeah. I, than I play. Uh, me too, man. So, like, yeah, there's a one-shot here and there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I kind of I feel the escapism yeah. in, like, the NPCs. Yeah, But not same. necessarily as a player. Same. I like, um, sometimes uh, I will give players an NPC who is recurring um, specifically so that I can build that NPC a backstory <laughs> and treat that NPC more like a player character. Um, I'm not much one for giving them party mates who are NPCs unless they specifically request to take an NPC with them. Yeah. But so the I don't game get a lot about of you. Right. Yeah. So I don't get a lot of like PC esque combat, but running monsters is close. I suppose. If they're the right kind of monsters. Yeah, yeah. There, you there, have like are, a, there are like certain monsters that have a lot of those options and stuff that a player right, would have. Right, it's, which is why I love beholders. They're yeah. my favorite. <laughs> beholders are nice. Yeah, so you enter one of their lairs and it's like, are you going to talk with it? Are you going to fight it? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Intelligent monsters. And tough. Yeah. Yeah, one of one, one of the uh, one of the most original monsters in D and D. If you, if, you, if you think D&D, you're going to think, you know, dragons, boulders, yeah. Tarask. Tarask. <laughs> Astral Dreadnought. Astral Dreadnought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you then kind of, you've been DMing for a while now. And yeah. And you eventually got to... Uh, Gosh, for almost 10 years. Yeah, just a while. Yeah. I mean... You said you said said earlier about the, the the whole age thing and people being being able to to, to guess. Now they're gonna know. Yeah. <laughs> now they will know. Mm-hmm. It is on the table. Well. But yeah, so going from DMing. Yes. Those 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 games for like the three years or four years or something that you said earlier. Uh, we played one campaign. I played a campaign as a player as the same character for three years. Ooh. That was what that was. Tell us about that. Um, she was an Aladrin wizard, and I loved her desperately. She was the first uh, character I ever had. Um, we were, the group basically said, do you want to come play D&D? We need an extra guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. And I came in and they Don't handed me. me twice. Yeah, they came in and they handed me a, a, a pre-built character. And it was just the the ones that came with the like starter, starter set. set. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and um four E? Yeah, four E, yeah. Okay. And I I uh liked it enough that I asked if I could take the player's handbook home and I went home and rebuilt the wizard that they had given me. 
um, the wizard they gave me was a six foot tall human male wizard. And I was like, no, why would you ever make a human wizard when you could make an Eladrin wizard? All the stats line up. And I fell in love a little bit with the like numbers crunching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was min-maxed straight to hell. Like, it was bad. And if that's the game that you guys are playing. It was because we were brand new. And then we just that, wanted that to be happens. able to kill things. That, that happens. <laughs> like, so many people coming from, like, a video game aspect mm-hmm. are like, okay, cool, I want the best stats, I want this, right. I want that. And at that point, we had, like, six people in the party, and I was a control wizard. And damned if I wasn't going to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we had a fight, it got to the point where we knew each other's play styles well enough that no matter where I rolled an initiative, they were holding their actions so that I could make a dance floor before everyone else. You know, Phantom Chasm here. Oh, got it, got it. Acid Mire there. So that they could use it to fight to their advantage. Take advantage of it, yeah. And then I'd move people around to where they needed them to be. It was, she was a perfect control wizard. Hmm. Yeah. And you finished this wizard story? I, I did. Yeah? It was... She fucked Merlin at one point. It was epic. Wow. Yeah. That's not something I can say I've done. <laughs> but I'll have to put it on my bucket list. Yeah. She um she had a, she had a brief... Uh, not romantic encounter, really, with Merlin. Um, and, gosh, we... We killed Orcus. Man, I'm remembering all of this, and it's just wild. Um, <laughs> you see what D&D does, guys? Yeah, we Makes started you out... remember things. We started out with a pre-writ, and then the uh, DM homebrewed a bunch of stuff after that in terms of, like, campaign setting. Um, are you feeling thirsty, though? For what? Have you never been to our homebrewery? <laughs> <laughs> What do you have? I mean, I don't know. I don't go down there much. Oh, I see. I could send you down and maybe you could get me something. Sure. All right. Then, uh, I guess take this map and it'll show you the way. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. This is complex. again how's it going uh we've met before right we have yeah yeah i was trying to sell you beef jerky (laughs) that's what i was trying to do uh augmented beef jerky yes i'm really loving it (laughs) all right well don't ask how i got this job you know bartending that's just a little something i got on the side but uh i got something for you today what do you have Oh, okay. It's called the Crit Cocktail. The Crit Cocktail? Yes. Okay. What goes into a Crit Cocktail? Well, first you're going to need a Crit. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> but basically, the way that this works is it's an option that you can use in your game, as well as, you know, beef jer- jerky and stuff. Right. But it's an option that you can use where someone rolls a Crit for damage, you let them roll once, and then you just give them max damage on that second dice. Wow. I've heard of this before. Uh, yeah. It's good. Great cocktail. Look it up. 
Do a lot of people like this cocktail? Uh, I, I, I hear. I hear some, some good things about it. Because I've heard of some other drinks made with crits that are, you know, in the player's handbook. Ugh. Not as good? Not as good. This does sound better. I agree. All right. Well, that's really all I got, got here today. I'll take it to Jordan. You'll take it? Mm-hmm. Tell that guy I said hi. That he's, I will. He's a pretty cool guy. Here, give him, give him this jerky, too. It's spicy. <laughs> he likes him some spicy jer- jerky. back already yeah brought you a cocktail oh yeah what is this so apparently when a player rolls a critical hit the way that they can roll damage for that critical hit can vary i don't care down the hatch (laughs) go 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 (laughs) that is how i run uh crits in in my games Looks like you're a pretty damn good DM, then. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Takes one to know one, Jordan. Right? Uh-huh. We should just do that for the rest of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good DM. No, you're a no, good DM. No, you're a good DM. <laughs> you hang up first. <laughs> All right, well, now that you're done getting drinks, I have more <laughs> questions for you. Okay. My next question is actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip... And go for, like, the biggest question that we have today. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and get out of the way so that I don't forget later. What does D&D mean to you? Um, I think there are a lot of different means of escapism in the world today, especially with technology where it is. Um, but I think that there is no better and purer way to just sort of forget the stress of daily life than through playing pretend. And I think D&D allows you to do that in a way that going to a movie or reading a book or playing a video game, even the most open world video game, doesn't let you do. Because it satisfies not only that need for escapism, but also a need for community. Because as many people will say when you ask them if they've ever played D&D after they tell you they've heard of D&D, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, well, you need friends to play D&D, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't have those. And, well, you play D&D, so apparently you do. You do. You do. And uh, I think having those people at the table with you all engaging in that collaborative role-playing game is one of the best means of escapism that exists. I hear that people you slay with, you stay with. <laughs> yeah, is that so? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to I get deep deeper, though. Okay. Let's dive deep. Yeah. What does D&D mean to you? To me specifically in as a your, person? In your life... Yeah, you you as you as a person. I want to know how it maybe has impacted you. What what uh yeah, just, just tell tell us about it. I think D&D is a community that is more inclusive than a lot of other communities. 
you're definitely going to run into groups that are a little bit less accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, gatekeeper groups. Uh, but D&D on the whole, especially since experiencing this renaissance with um, Stranger Things and Critical Role and all of that, um, you have groups like Sirens of the Realms where everyone playing is female. All women, yeah. You have Since groups. Since Teen the Phoenix. Yeah. You have groups where, you know, people are representing not only for themselves, but in play characters who are not necessarily um, uh, of the traditional gender identities mm-hmm. or even, I mean, you have so much freedom playing D&D to create these characters. And I think that people are able to experiment with identities in a really good way. Um, for me, D&D has been... I have a lot of interests that I feel like are kind of gatekeeper-y interests. Um, I'm really into heavy metal. Heavy metal is heavily a white male genre. Mm-hmm. Aggressively so, in a lot of ways. Um so and you, you feel that gatekeeperness when, like, you want to talk to someone about it? Yeah, and then they feel like they have to quiz me on the different memberships in different groups. And it's like, yeah, I know when Cliff Burton died, but that's not what makes me a Metallica fan. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, You guys can't see it, but I'm, I'm eye-rolling pretty hard right now. <laughs> hate people like that. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of my geekier hobbies are super heavily gate-kept. I suppose. Um, like, I, I've been into Lord of the Rings forever. And there is a desperate fear among fans of Lord of the Rings that if we allow anyone who hasn't read The Silmarillion to talk about it in any sort of knowledgeable way or participate in any sort of discussion, then it'll water it down somehow. And that's not how it works. Oh, jeez. But, and I mean, just any of it. But when you get to D&D you don't have to necessarily comply with any sort of rules of the community to be accepted into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, depending on your group, you don't even have to have looked at the player's handbook to play D&D. Correct. Which, granted, I would not recommend, but there are a million different ways to play D&D, and it depends on the people you're playing it with. And I think this community has allowed me to carve out a lot of people who I enjoy playing with and to get close to those people. Yeah, name, name one. You. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. We met in a game store, you guys. It could not have been nerdier. Yeah, let's, let's actually hear that, that story. You want to talk about this story? Yeah, let's talk about that story. I think that's interesting. How did, how did we meet? You don't remember? Um, you know... <laughs> Ooh, it's it's hard these days. Yeah, I just have so much D and D in the brain. So much D and D. I forget about you know everything else. My favorite local game store is Game Theory. Okay. In and uh, you were there when I was there. Cam and I went to pick up. I think I bought two Umber Hulk miniatures at the time. Interesting. Because my players are utter masochists forever wanting to play with me. 
Um, <laughs> I just do nothing but hurt them. Um, and you were paging through the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica book. I was. And I was, yeah, I remember that. I caught sight of you. And Cameron says that sometimes when I want someone's attention in public who I don't know, I will speak more loudly about things in an effort to get them to talk to me first. So I did notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, looking back in retrospect, I definitely did that. And, uh, and we talked. And you, it turned out, had been there dropping off business cards for Chaos Conductors, and I had already dropped off business cards for Dungeon Depths. Stickers. But we, we had we had a quick conversation and then went our way, right? It was not quick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my fault that it was not quick. Um, I, You know this as a DM. You have so much information about your campaign that your players may or may not get to, but you can't talk to them about it for fear of spoiling everything that's going to happen. Actually, you can't talk to anyone so about the second my you DMing meet stuff. someone who is outside of that group and will hopefully remain outside of that group. I mean, you've actually been in the group since then, but I haven't told you that. I spilled all of my campaigns to you. Like it I it was so therapeutic. But, but yeah, I was going to say it felt good, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, and well, and the feedback that I got from you where you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Do that. Yeah, do that. You did that? Whoa. Okay. Yeah. It, it was, it was really nice. And you told me about your campaign and I got interested. And now I'm wondering if that was a big conspiracy because I'm here now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was, uh, I was in my normal player mode, mm-hmm. so I was like, "I'll tell you, I'll tell you some backstory." I did get a lot of backstory. I'll yeah. tell you more about this. And oh, I have no clue this. where it's going. And I was like, "Well, but what if Olivia ends up watching us? <laughs> then it's like, shit. Yeah. Now this person knows everything, and you know, it's subject to change." And not only did I end up watching you, I ended up sponsoring you. You did. And then, even better... And then, even better? Getting to play with you. Ah, I see. How are you enjoying that, being a player again? It's awesome. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. It, there's, there's a spot that it hits that's just like when you've been craving a certain type of food for a really long time, but just have forgotten it every time you've gone to the grocery store, because you get other food, and that other food's important too, it's sustenance. I see. But then you finally remember, and you're like, I'm just going to get the food. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like you, 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 you go in, and you're, like, getting dinner and stuff. But yeah. you, have to, you have to prioritize yourself every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a get while. Get yourself some ice cream. And there is nothing uh, less uh, self-prioritizing than DMing. Yeah. 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 Nothing. It is an exercise in humility. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Even Explain. your best laid plans as a DM, your players can destroy. Without even meaning to sometimes. <laughs> well, the beauty, the beauty of my DMing style is that uh, I plan for my, for my plans to get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> what did we say on Insight Check the other week? It was like, you can't take a train off tracks that weren't there in the first place. Exactly, exactly. You can't railroad yep. someone if there's no tracks. 
you can't. Yep. I just, uh, I put stock in where, wherever they're going, whatever they're doing. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. That's where I'll put my energy. Oh, okay. They're not doing that anymore. All right. I'll put my energy towards what they're doing instead. Yeah. And your players do not give any kind of a fuck about what you're excited about. Correct. You could be like, oh man. And granted, you usually don't tell them because you don't want to influence their decisions. Correct. But you could be like, oh man, I hope that they go here. I hope they meet this NPC. It's so cool. I've planned it all out. And then they just go in the opposite direction. You're like, okay, maybe one day. And you just live with that. <laughs> that that was one of my, my uh, earliest problems when I started DMing, mm. was that I would plan out like all of these possible things. You get and I'm wasting about it. so much time prepping for things that will never happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, they just want to talk to that weird looking goblin in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to follow up on your thread. They're just like, no, they hey, is there anyone else in this bar? Yeah. Oh, there's that weird looking goblin, goblin over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's weird. I want to talk weird to looking. that guy. Yeah, forty five minutes. I want to talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? And they're like, dude, where are you from? <laughs> and then you start making a backstory for this goblin. Yep. And suddenly they're off on this quest, letting the world saving quest that you had prepped for them fall by the wayside. Off on this quest to get his daughter back from his ex wife. And it's just like, come on, man. And there are so many things that can happen from from that. So just from that, from from, from these little, these little changes and things that mm-hmm. you let happen as a DM. Yep. And here you are as a DM who had planned a beautiful epic campaign, playing a goblin custody battle instead. <laughs> <laughs> the brilliant thing is being able to weave the goblin custody battle into the epic campaign and have it. There you go. And have it have an effect there you go that's where you got to put put the yeah. put the effort in you gotta weave it all together yeah how mm-hmm. can i make this important to the overall thing oh yeah or not maybe it's not important at all and like that it's just it's just it's its own thing and sometimes it's not important and the players think it's important oh man oh geez <laughs> there was a point in uh one of my campaigns with my current group that mm-hmm. they found, they'd been complaining that they didn't get enough loot, so they weren't able to buy things in town. It's like, all right, I'll give you loot. Um, but I've never liked giving just gold pieces as loot. I like giving them things they can sell. So I gave them this gold necklace, just a plain gold pendant on a necklace. And they were convinced it was enchanted, and they just hadn't rolled high enough to know what kind of magic was on it. They were rolling so high, and I was just like, it doesn't look like there's magic on it. But they were convinced. Just a gold necklace, but they were convinced. So? They sold it. It oh, was okay. just a gold necklace. All right. But now anytime there's something that they think they might be overthinking in the campaign, one of them shouts across the table, it's gold just necklace. a gold necklace! <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever made those changes, though, based on, like, how much your players are invested in something? Like, if they really wanted this to be something, if do they- you desperately do maybe i would maybe but i haven't before okay i think there's some amount of fun in those moments passing as they are Mm -hmm. um and it really just being a gold necklace but there are times that i set things up that they will overthink on purpose that makes sense they were in a cave at one point and there was a puddle on the floor and they looked down into the puddle and didn't know how deep it was but what they did see was what looked like a tiny shield interesting they Go all on. immediately assumed this puddle was so deep that this was a regular-sized shield at the bottom 
of an extremely deep puddle. It was a brooch. It was a shield-shaped brooch out of the player's handbook. And they, they spent so long figuring out if they should dive into the puddle and get the shield. And then they're like, no, it's so deep. Something might live in there. <laughs> what will we have to fight? Yeah. Oh. Those are great. Like, I, they I, are. I really like hearing that kind of stuff. They blew like 45 minutes on it. But I, I will also say that I've had experiences where players will uh, suggest something. And they're like, oh, no, it must be this. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... It I'm writing that now. down. <laughs> That's a lot better than anything I came up with. Yeah. It is now. They're like Jordan, you know. Oh my God, you know that that was such such a, such a yeah. good a good idea and good implementation. I'm like, oh, yeah. it was your idea. I will say I I would do that with items. I would not do that with any sort of lair or combat encounter or traps, mm-hmm. um, because I've played with DMs who do that too much, who will hear their players thinking of a good strategy and then will Thwart them. ruin it. Right. For no reason. As though the DM is playing against the players. Yeah, I don't like that. So yeah. So I've I've built up, I feel like, trust with any of my players to the point where they feel like they can distrust or discuss strategy openly in front of me. Mm-hmm. And they trust me when I say that sounds like a good plan. Because they know that it's not me trying to kill them. It's the monsters trying to kill them. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a, that's, that's just a, a matter of trust. It is. Yeah. I hope every DM gets to that point with their players. Mm-hmm. Because uh, having your players think it is us against the DM, that's not collaborative storytelling. It's not. That's not at all. Oh, and it's the worst thing for for campaigns. Yeah. Ruins a campaign. Speaking of campaigns, and kind of playing in one and all that stuff, what do you what do you like most about being a player? Mm, I think I like not knowing everything that's going to happen. <laughs> do you? I like the element of surprise. Because as a DM, it, it does feed that god complex to know everything that's coming. But at the same time, being a player and having to make split-second decisions without knowing uh, what's coming is really nice. Hmm. Is that it? I think I also like being useful to a party. <laughs> I don't know what that's, that's like That's the DM all. player answer, isn't it? <laughs> you have a DM who plays, they're like, I will fill. I do not care what I play. <laughs> That Every is time. Literally me. I know. That's me too. Yep. That was why I picked uh, Fighter for Samaria. I saw you guys didn't have much of a front line. I was like, well. I'm doing it. Yep. As long as you balance. That, yes. Uh, very you know, much so. Like, you don't want to put yourself in a role that you know you're, you're not going to enjoy. Oh, no. And I honestly don't think I could. As, as I, a, I could. As a D&D player. <laughs> I've I have played every class and race in the four E uh, players' handbooks, and um, at one point or another, and I don't have favorites. I see. It's so real weird. There, I, there isn't a chance of you playing something that you won't like because you played all of them and you like them. And I like them. Um, I I will say I'm not like spectacularly fond of druids. 
Hmm. But there isn't a character that I can't bend to make it enjoyable for me. Speaking of druids and Ben. Speaking of druids, Virion <laughs> plays a druid. <laughs> what what five E classes have you have you played? So I've played obviously fighter with yeah. Samaria. I've played a paladin. I've played a bard. I played a wizard at one point. And a rogue. Hmm. I played a halfling rogue. She was mute, and I adore her. Her name's Beetle. So which which of those did you enjoy the most, and why is it Samaria? <laughs> uh, I think I do like Samaria best. Good. Um, I've gotten to play Samaria the longest. What? Yeah. It's only been like three sessions. I know. That's that. That's that. That that DM thing. It is. Um, I I get to play one shots, and then that's it. Um, I got to play Beetle for, I think, actually no, I've played Beetle for longer than I played Samaria because I've played Beetle four sessions, and Samaria I've only played three. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll, everything else we'll, we'll, was for a one-shot. We'll one and that level 20 Paladin that I played for a different one-shot that uh-huh. I've told you about was just wild. I bet. Paladins are so overpowered in this this edition. Holy shit. She like... dealt like 130 damage on one hit at one point with that divine smite in there. All right. We're, we're, we're also talking about like people at the top of their game, you know. Yeah, at level I've 20. Spent, yeah. I, I've spent none of my resources yeah. on and fresh. Yeah. And I think that that shouldn't be the case. Mm. Like, you should. Right. You know, there's, there's a certain number of encounters and things that you should have each day so that right. your players aren't hitting the boss and they're like, cool, let's unload every high right. thing we have and in two right. rounds, your boss is going to die. Right. The uh, the one shot that I played the paladin in actually turned into a two shot, but it was the end game. <laughs> or rather, not the end two game. Shot. Yeah, two shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> It was the, it was the epilogue, of a campaign that uh, Cameron's Cameron's Sean had been playing with his younger brother DMing, and uh, during this campaign, before they had finished it, um, there, uh, they had a party NPC, um, and she was a monk, and at one point they were fighting a Rakshasa, and she was plane shifted, into the hells. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, they loved this NPC with all their hearts and wanted to rescue her, but they wanted to finish the campaign first. So they went and finished the campaign. And then there was a one shot called Saving Private Munzee. And we went down into the hells and kicked some major fiend ass. And saved her. Yes. Thank you. We did. We did. I was, uh, I was getting really, really worried on her behalf. Yep, we saved her. Mm-hmm. All right. As long as you saved her. I think this is going to be my last question for you. Okay. Um, what, what brings you back to the table week after week? Like, I know that you're playing with us right now. I mean, and you're a, you're a permanent member now, of course. But it's what... So exciting. Shiny, right. shiny new permanent member. Shiny new. 
Yeah, we're, we're still uh, still smelling like the freshness. <laughs> the fresh car smell. Yep. <laughs> what brings Just you back leather. each week? I wouldn't leave. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't leave the table at all. <laughs> Ever? <laughs> yeah. That Genuinely, that's my answer. I, um, I have this game and I have a home game that I DM. Um, that's been going on for about as long as this campaign actually has. Mm-hmm. And almost two years. And I, the reason I started Dungeon Dust was because when I'm not playing D&D, I'm thinking about D&D. It, it is so cool. Just as a, as a concept. And there are so many things that I love about it that genuinely, when a session ends, I'm never ready. To, to like end to end the session yeah i i and genuinely every session that i play with my my players that i dm i ask them when they need the session to end <laughs> because i will keep going and occasionally people will be like oh we can say as, as late as you want finish the session and i'm like okay. you don't understand you live with me now if that's the case so then we'll i guess set up a cot i guess my question is instead not what brings you back to the table but what makes you stay at the table? <laughs> <laughs> what about it? I mean, all of it. I love the... I've always been a bookworm. I love the story. Um, I love the escapism aspect of it. Um, not because my life is particularly terrible, but because there aren't dragons in it. There aren't? <laughs> Not that I've met yet. I'm probably not a high enough level to deal with them at this correct, point. So. Your DM is being very kind, mm-hmm. not taking you to the uh, yeah. dangerous areas. <laughs> um, yeah, I do mostly like fetch quests, but um, you ever you ever uh, drove somewhere and it's like road closed? Take, <laughs> yeah. take the detour. Yeah. Yeah, you were you were about to go. There's a find, high level enemy back there. Yeah, <laughs> you're not ready for that. Uh, um, so the storytelling aspect, but also I, I like the dice rolling and the numbers and people hate 4E and I love 4E because of the wargaming aspect. It, mm-hmm. it is, it's math. There's a lot of math and I was never good at math, but I will do math to play Dungeons and Dragons any day of the week. Um, I don't think it's that math heavy to be honest. 4E? Yeah. Coming, it's... coming from a lot of, uh, fifth edition experience and playing 4E with you mm-hmm. in that one shot. I felt like the the biggest thing for me was l- learning all the powers and like, okay, what powers yeah. do I want to use and all this stuff. Yeah. But the math was like, okay, cool. What modifier do I add? Done. Mm-hmm. They're higher numbers, but right. it wasn't like, you know, the math was not the, 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 compl- hard part. the, the complex part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the powers. Yeah. People, people get freaked out when they see the powers. And I'm like... They should. If you're playing a 5e wizard... You have just as much to worry about, more to worry about, than playing any character in 4E. Granted, there is no way to play a super simple melee character in 4E because of those powers. So if you are the person who wants to come to the table and whack something with your axe over and over and over again without having to think much about what you want to do on your turn, or if you're a super roleplay heavy player who doesn't want to make a super crazy effort when you are in combat, mm-hmm. 4E is a lot, a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. Unless you want to severely limit yourself and just do basic yeah. attack, which is you like can underpowered do that. and 
you your teammates are going to be like, yeah. why are you doing yeah. that? <laughs> to which we go to the front part of our conversation when the when the players are like, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Make it fun. Man. Yeah. I love all of it. The numbers, the story, the fact that the numbers can determine the story and vice versa. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. Like rolling... Two nat ones. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm never going to live that down. No. Ever. You let us rob a bank with those two nat ones. It's even on Twitter now. It is on Twitter. It is. I had to share it. Like, that's just... It, it's. I wouldn't have believed it if you hadn't taken the picture. <laughs> honestly. Well, I, I, I also called over Ben. I was like, look, look at this. Look at this. Because <laughs> it was, like, unbelievable. Do my eyes deceive me? And I wanted you guys to get caught. Because I was like, this is... Uh, <laughs> this is this is something. I didn't. I My like, perfect reputation has been smeared enough already. Sullied. <laughs> Sullied, yes. Smeared. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, everything they're saying in Kangrel is a smear campaign. Yes, it is. That's really all the questions I have for you. Wow. Thank you. It went fast. Right? Before you even realize it, so much time passes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the session tonight felt like it was 15 minutes long, and it was like three hours of us shopping, so. Dude. <laughs> I, yeah. So much. So short. And I'm just having fun. I'm, I'm, damn, I'm watching you guys have fun. I don't know how you keep an eye on the clock. Multitasking. It's like, I set alarms when I DM. <laughs> if I were streaming, you would hear the... I'm gonna have to figure out. I do have an alarm. Do you? For break time, yeah. Okay. But it's silent. Mm. So you just see it happen. I don't want to say, you know. Right. All right. And you are you are looking ba, ba, at the battlefield. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> 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 and I say, hey, yeah. what a what wonderful. A wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Arthur would be my favorite. But and it is. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful TPK. Hey. <laughs> Oh, All right. No. Goodbye forever. <laughs> See you never. Uh, yeah. Goodbye. But before we go, I just wanted to mention again that we really want to hear from you all and hear your your stories and what D and D means to you. So, on Twitter, use the hashtag D and D and Me and tag us as well at Chaos Conductors. We're just super interested in hearing, you know. The many different kind, kinds of stories and things that brought you all to the game. So, again, that hashtag is D-N-D-N-M-E. I cannot wait to hear your stories. Do it now. Okay, bye. Three square meals and a homebrew routine. Airbnb is the place for you. Enjoy your stay. What a wonderful TPK.